Hey everybody, welcome back to another Tennessee Holler Facebook Live. I'm Holler founder Justin Canoe. We're tnholler.com at the tnholler. Subscribe to our emails on tnholler.com and chip in monthly if you would. Everybody who's doing that, we really appreciate it. Our guest today, Rep Mike Stewart, chair of the Democrats in the House here in Tennessee. Rep Stewart, how are you, sir? Doing great. Thanks for having me. These are weird times. How are you holding up? Well, I'm holding up fine. I think our state is headed into a very difficult period. We're already there, but it's going to be tough. We're all going to have to stick together. How do you feel about the state's response so far? Is there more to be done? There is more to be done. I think the state's response is not adequate. I certainly am ready to help Governor Lee deal with the coronavirus. It's a nonpartisan problem, and we need to have everybody's hands into finding solutions. The House caucus sent Governor Lee a letter on Wednesday. The administration still does not really have a transparent plan for dealing with the various aspects of the coronavirus and doesn't have a clear command and control structure making things happen at the velocity that things need to happen in this kind of crisis. Let me give you an example. Testing. Uh, We have some testing in Tennessee, but I know someone who got tested just this week They were in Nashville, so they're not out in the country. Looked at the website, contacted some of the testing locations. They were all closed at six o'clock. So only a very few testing locations were open and none of those were open 24 hours that this person could find. Even as an insured person, they had a $45 copay. They had a lengthy wait. Had they been uninsured, as so many of our citizens unfortunately are, they would have had a very, very significant charge. So right now in Tennessee, in Nashville, two miles from the Capitol, our testing stations are not open 24-7. This was not a remote testing site. It was a site that was a doctor's office. So this person who potentially had coronavirus was having to intermingle with people who did not, thus potentially spreading the illness. This person luckily has money and so was able to pay the $45 copay, but there are certainly people on any given week that cannot do that. So clearly we're not, even on the most basic issue, making things happen the way we need to. At this point in Nashville, there should be a remote drive-through testing center or more, probably five of them, where anybody can get tested for coronavirus. I realize that testing supplies are still limited, but it's crazy. Even people that clearly meet the requirements have relatively limited access to testing. And even if they can get to the testing center during the limited hours, they've got to have money. We should have right now free testing everywhere in Tennessee. Remote testing where people can drive up as they would in Connecticut or South Korea. And we We are just not seeing the administration moving, I think, at the pace that we need. The governor has enormous resources at his command. The legislature just gave him an extensive budget with huge amounts of money that he can use at his discretion to deal with this crisis. He's got a lot of resources. There's no human being in the state of Tennessee who is not ready to return Governor Lee's call and do whatever it takes to deal with this. Appreciate the governor and what he is doing, but our state is behind. We are not with the states that are dealing with this most aggressively, and that needs to change. We've now crossed the 1,000 case threshold. We're at 1,203. Mayor Cooper told Phil Williams that they were ready to have those drive-up tests, but they were missing swabs. And it's just so incredible that something so basic can be holding up the process. These are things that should just be lying around, frankly, and here we are 
you know, paralyzed because we can't get a giant Q-tip. How does that happen? Well, first of all, I would salute Mayor Cooper, some of his very decisive actions. Right. I don't, I don't blame him. I mean, I'm not saying. Oh, it's I know you're not. Yet. But I, I just mentioned that for shutting down uh, uh, the bars on Second Avenue, which I know was probably a controversial decision at the time he did it for taking leadership and shutting down other businesses, which is always a huge sacrifice and not a trivial matter in order to get this thing under control. Um, it looks like there's an elected official who's really pushing it every uh, pushing every inch of the way. That said, you know, we've known this was coming. Public health experts have known this was coming for s at least 60 days. So, you know, it has to be said that's that's unacceptable that uh, that our city does not have those swabs and didn't have them ordered and put together uh, many, many days ago. But what does a leader do? I suspect Mayor Cooper's doing this right now. He finds a person who's competent, either inside government or if everyone in government is pressed to the max, someone outside of government and says, get me the swabs tomorrow morning. I've got the money. I've got the power. Let's make it happen. We need all of our public officials to be, and many are, to be acting like this is a right now, the next hour, we're going to solve all our problems type of situation. It's a situation like a war. It's not a situation where you make excuses. It's not a situation where you have press events. It's not a situation where you worry about messaging. It's a situation where if you don't have enough masks or swabs or whatever, then you find somebody with a Gulf Stream and you get in the plane and you fly and then you find out where you're going to buy what you need and then you bring it back to Tennessee and you get the stuff out there. I mean, I just refuse to believe that these sort of simple problems can't be solved. I'll give you another issue. I talked to a friend uh, two days ago, three days ago. He owns a whole series of testing labs. He said, God, I've got all these testing labs. I just need a few additional items and we could be running these tests round the clock. Well, he's contacted officials and they just have not been highly responsive. So. You know, we need to start thinking about this, combating this in the way that... Why, Mike, why? Why are they not responding this way? What is that? Well, that's a very good question. I have a couple thoughts about that. One, it's an insidious problem. You know, if a house is on fire, there's no question that every public official in the city would probably uh, run into the house or, you know, go get a hose or do whatever it takes because it's right in front of you and it's on fire, Okay. Uh, coronavirus is tricky, right? You look out the window, it doesn't seem like everything is going crazy. And so there's still a tendency to believe that maybe this is normal. And that's what they thought in Milan until they had a thousand people a day dying because it was probably hard in that very sophisticated city. I've never been there, but to believe that they were going back to the days of the bubonic plague, you know, but they're there now. Um, so I think that's one reason. Another reason is, um, you know, that some public, well, I mean, all I can say is another reason is that for whatever reason, uh, some public officials need to move faster and need to address this in a more dynamic fashion. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to press you on this, though, because yeah, please press me. Like yeah. this, this, this seems like a very Tennessee reaction is what I'm trying to get at. And I, I'm trying to understand the mentality behind, you know, is it an economic reason, you know, is that what he's weighing or is it sort of a, I mean, you know, we're a very faith-based area. Like, is it sort of God has a plan? Is that factoring in here? And, you know, whatever happens, happens. I, it just seems like our neighbors next door, Kentucky are now saying that 
they don't want their people traveling to Tennessee. Our reaction has been different. Our reaction has been in line with the Mississippis of the world. Why are we lagging behind and why is Governor Lee being so feckless when it comes to this? Um, well, first of all, your comparison is absolutely correct. Uh, Kentucky's doing better. Governor Bashir is just simply doing better than we are, his administration. And it's because at every point he's taking it seriously. I'm, wait a minute. I'm not going to suggest that our administration's not taking it seriously. They are. But at every point, Bashir has been faster. He's, he's been there faster with more, you know, and and that I'm looking, I'm looking forward. I mean, what the caucus said in its letter, and I don't mean to harp on that, but, you know, is these are the various things that need to be done. What is the plan for accomplishing them right now? And I just think uh, I don't have a good explanation for why we are lagging behind Kentucky. I hope that politics are not part of it. I do know that for a while in Republican circles, it was fashionable to downplay the coronavirus, which I think has to go down as one of the most extraordinary political failures in recent history. Um, and politicians who do not respond appropriately to this crisis should be distinctly held accountable because protecting your people is the number one job of every elected official in this state. Before you do anything else, you have to protect your people. Uh, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, and there are children and seniors who are going to get this disease and be in very grave circumstances. There was a child in Los Angeles who died. We in Tennessee have one of the youngest coronavirus sufferers. That is outrageous if that was preventable. So the point is we need to put, so the fact that, for example, Fox News for a while actually uh, treated coronavirus as another fake news, non-science foolishness. And we all know Fox News has been doing that for a long time. And that's, uh, Fox News is not the only news outlet, but that has caused incredible damage to our country because we've gotten used to a situation as exists in other countries where people will just get on the TV and say things that are ridiculous and wrong, something that was totally unacceptable uh, 30, 40 years ago, okay? Um, so we've allowed our political discourse in some ways to collapse and go the wrong direction and more on the right, frankly, than the left. Uh, the fact that those commentators on Fox News actually ignored scientists and public health information with this devastating crisis, they all need to be held accountable because people will die because of their irresponsibility. I and mean, that's just a fact. So anyway. I'm not a big Tucker Carlson fan, but I recall that he's the first uh, commentator to get off that train and say this is totally ridiculous and good for him, right? He should have done it a week earlier. But point is, we need to just look back on that as a terrible, totally inexcusable, egregious failure. Um, what we need to talk in my mind in Tennessee is about, okay, have we gotten to the point where we're solving these problems right now? Where the question is, if you're saying I'm not testing somebody because a product is not available, Okay, well, tomorrow is your plan to have the product at the airport or is the plan to be out with one of our thousands of dynamic business people and manufacturers who we all know with the right uh, leadership would be in their factory tonight retooling their machines to produce masks, to produce face masks, to produce uh, protective clothing. You know, you can't tell me that if 
we need protective clothing. We can't find somebody in the state of Tennessee who's skilled at putting that together in the next three hours. And by tomorrow morning, they'll be producing it. I mean, we have it some seems of the like, most. Go ahead. It seems like they've been waiting for the federal government to step up. When I was at a press conference with Governor Lee pretty early on, but not early enough that he shouldn't have been shaking people's hands, which he still was. Uh, <clears throat> when we asked him about the testing, he said, oh, you know, Pence told me 4 million tests are getting shipped out this week. That was like two weeks ago. Obviously that didn't happen. You know, it seems like there's just been this feeling that, oh, somebody else is going to handle it. And you're saying they should step up and, and be the ones to do it. And I agree with you. Now we have doctors throughout the state calling on Governor Lee, asking him to issue a shelter at home order. He says yesterday, he said that he's going to base a decision like that on data and evidence. I don't know what he's waiting for because, you know, the data and evidence seems pretty clear at this point. Uh, do you think it's time to just do that? Like if you were to talk oh, yes, to him, him right now? Absolutely. And we called for that. And of course, uh, yeah, it, it's time for a shelter at home order. Um, I, I don't think it's a light heart. You know, it's not a decision to be taken lightly because businesses will suffer. People will suffer. Uh, people are going to suffer economically. But look, if we don't take every step possible to get this thing under control, it's going to be destroying our state. It's going to be killing people. This is like a forest fire headed toward our neighborhoods, our children, our houses, okay? So when you have a forest fire coming toward your house, you send the children off somewhere and you get a bucket and an ax and you go out and you meet the fire chief and ask him where you need to start digging, okay? I mean, bottom line is we all need to be working on this 24 seven. We need to put politics aside. There need to be no excuses. If a public official says, I can't do something, the next question should be, well, what is your plan for accomplishing it right now? You know, and I will say the press is great, but it's, I think the press has done a good job talking about this problem. Um, I will certainly not be disappointed if the questions from the press to me, as well as to other people become more pointed because I think the time for excuse making and talking about uh, talking with federal officials and talking about anything other than solving the problems right now has ended. And let me add to that, you know, the shelter at home thing has somehow become a political issue, which is totally ridiculous. But there are all sorts of issues. There are other things that need to happen that have no political aspect at all. For example, the failure of states, including ours, to have a proper inventory and supply of protective gear for healthcare workers, okay? That's just a matter of, are you doing your job and organizing to accomplish a very simple task or not? I would like to know, what's the name of for lack of equipment from today until the end of this crisis? Because you cannot tell me in a state of 7 million people with some of the most talented healthcare executives in the world that we don't have plenty of people that if that was the problem they had to solve, they could solve it just like that, whether by contracting or by manufacturing with the proper distribution. I will say me personally, just because of my various contacts, I've talked to one person who is a trader 
and he has a trader in the true sense, not like commodities, like he trades stuff. He's already organized planes of protective gear to come back to the United States. But guess what? The contracts were with other states. I've also talked again to somebody who had a whole testing lab that's not being used. We need to start mustering these resources right now. And I'm showing you a picture right now. This is a uh, picture of nurses and doctors in a hospital. Actually, I think it's in Williamson County. They took this picture because yesterday Governor Lee was asked about the mask issue because a doctor went on the record and said that the Department of Health in a webinar had told doctors to use diapers on their faces and bandanas as makeshift masks. Lee was asked about that. He said that that didn't happen, basically said that we don't need to do makeshift here in Tennessee. Uh, but we went and found the webinar and they did actually say that doctors should consider using diapers on their faces. And these nurses then took this picture to show that they are using makeshift masks. So we are already proving that the preparedness is well under where we needed it to be. And I wanted to ask you about this one thing too, because this struck me. Uh, somebody sent this to us. This is Governor Lee's company has masks for their technicians and they're still operating. So we have healthcare workers on the front lines being told to wear diapers. Governor Lee's private company seems to be doing just fine with masks. Well, and I mean, my view is the question that should be asked at the next press conference is, uh, that has that problem been solved? Tell us the details. Who is the person in the state of Tennessee? What's the name of the person who is accountable if there is a healthcare provider somewhere from Mountain City to Memphis that does not have an appropriate mask? Because if that is still true today, and I'm afraid I hear reports that it is, well, that is an unacceptable situation in the United States of America. And the answer should be. That's unacceptable. If there were mistakes made in preparation, that's happened. Too late to really deal with that. We'll hold those people accountable later. Let's forget about that and just establish that it's totally unacceptable for that situation to continue for more than four more hours. Because you cannot tell me that we cannot get a plan in place to either manufacture or obtain these items of equipment get them to the airports and then someone else who's skilled has to get those materials and get them out to the appropriate distribution centers. I mean, there are plenty of people in this city. Honestly, this city is full of some of the most talented healthcare executives in the entire world. People that go to Saudi Arabia to show them how to run hospital systems. These people are sitting right down the road. They're all people that for their entire lives have been moving material around and making healthcare things happen. If, if, if nobody is taking care of this problem today, then the question is who's going to take care of the problem tomorrow? What's that person's name? Let's go on the internet and find out what the plan is so that we can all find out what the measurable benchmarks are. And then we can find out if that person is succeeding or failing. The time for these vague statements about taking care of this or taking care of that, as if we're sitting around planning a, a, a new wing to our library, has come to an end. You know what I'm saying? We are not having a neighborhood meeting so that all the elected officials can sit around and, and, just make a show of being present. That is not what this is about. This is about a dynamic every single day, 
fixing every single problem, all these problems that are totally unacceptable right now, working 24 seven all the time. That's there does the there does seem to be a disdain for science in, in some of the halls of that you work in. Without question, yes. And, and that seems to be factoring into what's happening here in some ways. And it's ridiculous and totally unacceptable. Disdain for science is ridiculous in every context. That's why it's so crazy that it's become actually acceptable for uh, Republicans to deny global warming. Look, and, and I just I don't want to get too far off on something different, but in some circles, it's become acceptable to deny global warming, even though it's the scientific consensus. OK, uh, the bottom line is denying science is just unacceptable for public officials because science is just an expression for our best knowledge that we have today. This whole country has traditionally worked better than all other countries because we have a very open system and we have very demanding people who demand that their politicians be responsive. That's why the United States of America is the richest country in the world, the most successful country in the world. What a terrible situation it will be if it turns out that some other countries uh, actually get a handle on this much more effectively than the United States. We'll all have to sit back after we have taken care of all the victims and ask ourselves where the mistakes were made, then find out the names of the people that made the mistakes and then absolutely hold them accountable because it should be something that's totally unacceptable. Well, forgive me, but I I think holding people accountable is not our strength in this country. And you not know, I, right I, now. I fear right. that we're gonna we're gonna move forward and you know it'll it'll be like, you know, there there won't be a lot of accountability. I, I already feel that that's coming, but there will hopefully be some people who are awake to, you know, the fragility of a lot of the systems in this country and it's being exposed. Brad Fiscus is saying profit over people right now, which I think is true. But Mike, on the one hand, it's profit over people. But on the other hand, they're actually being short-sighted about the profit part of it, because I think if they would actually take this seriously and put us on lockdown, we could get back to work a lot quicker by dragging this out, by letting this thing leak like a sieve they're actually extending the period of time by which we won't be able to get back to work. So I wanted to ask you if you agree with that. And then also, what would it take for us to get back to work at this point? Like, when are we going to feel comfortable enough to open this city up? I saw that one of our biggest hotels just shut down for two months. What are we looking at here? Well, a couple of things. First of all, um, with respect to the timing, you know, as long as our numbers are going up every day, and testing is so insufficient, you know, once they have adequate testing, they're going to shoot up even further. If our numbers are going up, then we know we don't know yet because we're not at the top of the mountain. So we can't predict when we can get back down. Okay. So, you know, who knows? One month could be five months, you know, depending on whether we choose to get our act together. All right. As a nation. But five months, I mean, five months is crippling. Five months, you know, you know, as well as I do, this is a uh, uh, very unequal state and country and five months of shutdown for people, it, it would land hardest on the shoulders of the people that can handle it least. So I, in some ways I'm empathetic to the situation that Governor Lee and on a bigger level, President Trump are in because there are a lot of people who are going to hurt, be hurt by five months, but you know, five months is, is a long time. Well, here's what I would say, a couple things. You're right, but one, of course, that's part of the government response is making sure that we think carefully about how we can keep people uh, on track financially. Um, that's a big mission and it's not at the core. You know, 
what I always say is these are critical things, but here's the deal. You know, shelter in place is just one aspect until we get everything working, because here are the things we need to be looking at. We need to be having testing in the way that they have in successful places like Korea, testing where people can routinely test. So we need more testing and we need more accessible testing. We're not even close in the state of Tennessee uh, or frankly in Nashville to where we need to be. Uh, we need to have, uh, I mean, we've got testing centers here that are closed because they don't have the right equipment or they don't have tests, right? Right now, today, it, uh, it is very difficult if you're not insured to get a test in the state of Tennessee if you don't have money. That's crazy. I suspect the coronavirus does not only select financially uh, wealthy people uh, for uh, as its um, as its victims. Um, so we need to get the testing underway. We need to get our uh, our physicians, our nurse practitioners, our nurses, our medical assistants, our physicians' assistants. We need to get them the equipment tomorrow, right now, so we don't start losing our medical professionals who we need more than ever. We need to get a plan in place to quarantine people in successful countries where they've got this under control like Singapore. When you get tested positive, you don't go home so you can infect all your friends and neighbors, you go to a hotel. We got plenty of hotel rooms in Nashville. So let's decide, is it gonna be the Sheridan or the Hilton, whatever, somebody needs to get that set up so we can start segregating people, okay? And getting this back under control. We need to make sure we have all our medical providers organized. We need to be bringing our retired doctors back in and doing things to make sure that we can man all of these medical facilities so we're ready. And unfortunately, we need to be figuring out, and the governor did do something good. He ordered 700 ventilators. We probably need a thousand more, okay? Point is, we need to get ready for the deluge of people who will die, die if we do not have proper ventilators. That's what's happening in New York right now, from what I understand. So the point is there are all these things that need to be happening. And I keep waiting to hear about clear plans that convince me that this stuff is happening right now. We've seen some very dynamic action by uh, Mayor Cooper, and he's doing, he's done a really good job taking the lead on this in a number of areas. But I, I think People need to pay attention to his example, and we need to get moving. And the people need to start accepting no excuses, and they need to be asking everyone, including me, what are you doing today? What is happening? Elected officials need to have their feet held to the fire on this issue. This is why people are elected to office, and our other leaders who are not elected, same thing. Everybody needs to recognize this is like a war. It's an emergency situation. We need to be talking about these problems and how we are solving them in the next hour, not sitting around having press events, fooling around. I have heard recently of a press event in another city where everybody's just meeting to talk about what they're doing about the problem. What is that? We should be not talking about this. We shouldn't be having press events other than are necessary to spread the critical news, we need to be talking about making stuff happen right now and making Tennessee a leader state, not a fall behind state, not a behind the eight ball state. Okay. Well, it seems like there's there's this mentality that, you know, at the top it's Trump saying, well, not everywhere is New York. And so, you know, he doesn't want to treat everywhere the way he would treat a New York that's seen the outbreak. And then on a smaller level, Governor Lee saying, well, not everywhere is Nashville. So I don't want to treat Nashville that's the same true. way I treat Wayne County. And so, you know, but, but it's a way of kicking the can down the road. 
And it's the easy answer, but is it the right answer? I'll give $100 to the first public health official that calls me and says they actually agree with any of those crazy statements because no one's going to call in. Okay. And, and Trump, President Trump, I don't agree with President Trump on any of his policies. I think he's been a very unsuccessful president. Okay. Um, I'm not going to argue but, there. Yeah, I know. I know you're on the edge, but, but he's also with coronavirus shown that he's an ineffective president and uh, a president who is placing politics, uh, not over people. I mean, he's placing politics over good policy in what is essentially a time of war. And, and he is showing himself to simply be a terrible leader. He's doing a terrible job for our country. He's doing a terrible job for Democrats. He's doing a terrible job for Republicans and he's doing a terrible job for people who have no party. I'm and that's, showing and that's uh, not politically. It's yeah. just, I don't mean to interrupt you. That's not politically. I I would like to think I'd be the first person to say, and I, I imagine there are some Republican governors in this country that are doing a fine job of this because it's basically a management problem. It shouldn't be a political problem. Okay. There really shouldn't be any politics in all this. President Trump has led the way, keeping this political. He called it a hoax. Um, if we don't hold someone accountable for that, what will we hold people accountable for? It's terrible leadership. Some of the worst leadership any president has ever shown in the United in the history of the United States, and it has nothing to do with his politics. I do disagree with him on that, but he had a chance to step up here and do something. He's failed completely and miserably, and he continues to fail every day. And he should be Republicans and Democrats should both hold him accountable. It's just he's he's absolutely at every turn done a terrible job of this. And he continues basically uh, President Trump continues to be an impediment, a burden to our country responding to this crisis. It is could, embarrassing and couldn't ridiculous. Agree, couldn't agree with you more. And I'm showing up poster that people in New York were putting up around the city that says, I want you to die for our economy. I think they actually miss the mark though, because he doesn't actually care about the economy. What he cares about is getting reelected and propping up the economy is a, a, a way to get to that point. So I agree. It's not about his politics. There are Republican governors who I think uh, Charlie Baker in Massachusetts has been, I think that's his name, uh, has been outspoken about this stuff. There are plenty of Republican governors that have stepped up. Uh, ours just hasn't yet. Uh, I want to give you, just to end it here, uh, a chance to talk to people like this woman who made the New York Post for bragging about not taking social distancing seriously. She's 21 years old here in Tennessee, and now she has the virus. What do you have to say to people who are being callous and not taking it seriously like this woman was who has now seen the light only because it happened to her? Here's what I'd say. Of course, uh, I, as a person, have never done anything stupid and never made any mistakes, particularly when I was young. I made one good decision after another. So I don't hold her too accountable because I think of all the dumb things I've done in life. And certainly I've been right up there. I've been right up there with her. Um, I'm sure she feels really bad. Um, and um, and I think it's time for us to be demanding and forgiving, which is, look, some people didn't take this seriously, including some political people. OK, well, you know what? Sometimes. We as a society, we as people, we don't do what we should do. OK, fine. Let's talk about tomorrow. Let's talk about this afternoon. OK, in Tennessee, let's talk about today. If we still need a product 
and the product is needed in Hardeman County, Tennessee, if the product is needed up in Jamestown, all right, well, do we have a system in place to make sure that that is happening? Do, uh, can someone who lives up on the plateau get tested free uh, if they meet the criteria? If the answer is no in the United States of America and the state of Tennessee, then the political system is failing. We are failing and we are not standing up to what we're supposed to be doing. We need to be held accountable. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous, and I know you're giving, you're being very generous with time, and I appreciate it. It is ridiculous that we don't have essentially unlimited free testing already in the state of Tennessee. It is ridiculous that we do not have a hundred percent of supply of proper equipment for our medical providers all across the state. It is ridiculous that we don't have a system right now in which people who get the virus and do not have life endangering uh, problems are not being placed in quarantine somewhere. So, you know, they could be in the Sheridan, a hundred feet from where I'm sitting, uh, watching TV uh, and not giving other people the virus. It is ridiculous if we don't have a careful plan to intubate hundreds of people who are gonna need intubation. If we get to the point where our hospitals are filling up and anybody dies because we didn't get our act together now, that is unacceptable and everyone should be held accountable. And to your final point, this time, this time, uh, you know, we had a big financial crisis in 2008, all right? And I think we all recognize it's a very difficult time. One thing that did not happen appropriately is the people responsible were not sufficiently held accountable. People needed to go to prison to send a message that the rule of law still applies in the United States. That didn't happen. It's a mistake. Okay, we're going to have a big mistake with the coronavirus. We need to not say mistakes have been made. If there are public officials today still making selfish political decisions and failing, they need to be held accountable. That's just a fact. This cannot be a country where we do not rise to this occasion. This cannot be a state where we do not rise to this occasion. We need to look back and say, that was our finest hour. We did everything we could and we succeeded. We're not on that track today. We need to do better. Thank you for saying that, Mike. I agree with you. I just want to read a couple of the comments before I let you go. Uh, Pam Weston is agreeing with Kathy Chambers that there are county mayors that don't have the authority to order a stay at home or shelter in place order that need Governor Lee to do it for them. So that's a good point that I hadn't really thought of. And then Brandon brought up that 30 days ago, Trump said the number of cases would soon be close to zero. I don't think we can mention that enough. That is something that people need to be reminded of all the way until November. This guy is going to try to rewrite history, but we cannot let him. He has failed us every step of the way. And then I also want to mention just- And I would he, say that would yeah. be true if he was a Democrat also. 100%. No, yeah, it's not absolutely. about politics. Uh, and I do want to say- you know, And I know you agree. Yeah. Yes. We, we haven't expanded Medicaid. That's a billion dollars a year that we don't have to take care of people. Uh, we also, in my opinion, need Medicare for all because what we've seen is such a fragmented, fractured response, and we need a more uniform healthcare system in this country. And Medicaid expansion is is one thing, but to me, we need something that's even bigger than that and that takes the responsibility out of the hands of people like the guys that you work with every single day and just, just make it one size for the country. I, I think that's what we need. And I think that's what this crisis has shown us. I'm not going to ask you to weigh in on that unless you want to. I'm happy but. to weigh in. I mean, here's one thing we need to think about. I realize uh, Medicare for all 
became kind of a political football during this recent uh, political campaign. I wonder if it's the right. I wonder if it's the right way to phrase it. I think what people don't haven't talked about is the fact that in Canada, this super far off obscure place, you know, that's right up the road. Um, you know, Kingsport, Tennessee is closer to Canada than to Memphis. Okay. Um, you know, in Canada, they don't just have better health care because everybody has it. It's also a lot cheaper. It's also not a massive burden on their society. So people who talk about uh, uh, people like Elizabeth Warren as if they're starry eyed and crazy, uh, you know, actually what she was proposing is actually financially more sensible than what we have. Right. Now, I will say just a little, if you have to talk about it, there are people with very good health care who became very scared they would lose it. And that's not a joke. And so I think we need to talk more about how to get universal health care that's real, that's not burdensome to families, that also addresses the guy who's been working for years and earned his health care and deserves to have that promise met. We've got to like a lot of tricky things, we've got to work that forward. President Obama did fantastic work laying the groundwork and the Republicans, as they did with him, sabotaged him every way they could. He still laid a great groundwork, but you're right, it's unacceptable today and we're failing because we don't have universal health care for every single person and a rational system for distributing it. The only thing I would say about that is, you know, that guy that you're talking about that worked for it, completely agree, except you know, in a moment like this, we've just seen 3 million people lose their jobs. So to have healthcare tied to employ empl their employment, it just doesn't seem like a solution. It seems like, you know, yes, I agree. It's a tricky thing politically and we can't ignore that. The messaging of it is really important. I it just feels like we need to start thinking outside the box here. Well, and I think you're right. And I guess what I was saying is not, you're right. It's not just tricky politically though. It's also tricky in a real sense because I think, and it's impossible to do this in a presidential campaign where you're on a debate stage and you can only talk for one minute, okay? But I think, I will say one thing for President Obama and the Affordable Care Act is you gotta give him credit. He made a lot of difficult choices, but he got in there and got a workable program that dealt with our current situation as tricky as it is and made something happen. We need, and, and I'm not convinced that the future won't involve getting to where you wanna go, but doing it maybe in a more, uh, in a more, in a way that frankly deals with the people, with the people who've got what they've got now, and and just expands it and deals with cost. Um, maybe more. I think we're going to get healthcare the way you build a house. You fix the door, you build the window, you do this, you do that, you do that, and then you wake up, dang, you've got a house. I think it's going to be more like that than going down to the dealership and getting a Ferrari all built all at once. Well, sometimes you got to knock down the house and build one where it was, Mike. But no, I, I agree with you. I would just, <laughs> the one thing that I will say about this is, you know, I, I think there was a system that just wasn't even part of the conversation that actually I saw one poll showed that it was what people wanted the most, which was treat it like our education system. We have a public education system everybody pays into. And then if you want private school, you go pay for private school and you can keep it. What Bernie and Elizabeth were pitching is sort of wiping out private insurance and only having Medicare for, for everybody. And I think people had a hard time wrapping their minds around it. But maybe if we, if we require everybody to pay into something, 
And then also, if you want private insurance, you can go pay for it. Maybe that's something that people could wrap their minds around a little bit better because we already do it with education. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the system that I understand. I'm no expert that they have basically in Germany. And, um, you know, every country in the world pays less for health care than the United that's States. Right. So so and that 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 is a massive burden on our entire society. Those dollars and are our economy. Yeah, it's crazy. And so. I, I basically agree with you. I mean, it's an untenable situation, and this coronavirus situation shows how unwise it was in Tennessee for us not to expand. But of course, you know, we all know how crazy that is, and also how our current healthcare system in the United States is not acceptable. And just to 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 lengthen the call a little more, you know, one of the big problems we have in the United States is vested interest groups who have been allowed to run roughshod and prevent real reform, and um, we need over time to increase the people's power, the civic power over highly powerful and interested entities. Not because, you know, I believe people, I believe in business. I believe people should get out and hustle. And if they can, you know, start a restaurant, they should get profits. Uh, you know, I'm for that. I respect the business people I know. But, but we've allowed in Washington very vested interests uh, to essentially prevent change that everybody knows is that everybody knows is correct, you know, and, and that's just outrageous and it's happening on multiple levels. And that's one of the reasons along with our terrible politics, particularly Republican politics. Um, it's one of the reasons why we are not, while we're failing, we're not doing as well as Korea in responding to this crisis. Can you imagine if we don't do as well as China a totalitarian regime in responding to this crisis. Oh, it's already done. We already have an it. embarrassment. Yeah, it's I mean, it's done. just ridiculous. And and China's a terrible country, and it's run by bad leaders. I mean, I, the people are great, obviously. But, you know, uh, they are choosing to go the wrong way toward dictatorship. And, and to think that the United States, which all through my life has been the beacon for people to look to for what a country is supposed to be, is struggling and that we have a president who is denying science publicly. It's just ridiculous. And, and uh, it's, it's disappointing, but all we can do is deal with that situation later. Right now, the situation we have to deal with is every day, every hour, getting this coronavirus under control in a very focused way. Everybody needs to be pitching in. We need to be doing everything we can at every level to make this happen and appreciate what you at the holler are doing to hold people in power accountable because there's never been a better time for accountability than right now. I appreciate that, Mike. If you want to drop a, a follow the holler real quick, we can use that and pull it. Do you want to give me a follow? Follow, follow the holler. Beautiful. Mike, thank you for this. As, as we go out here, I just want to show you one image. This is the Pope praying by himself. Uh, in the square today. This is pretty haunting and and uh, just a sign of the times. I think that'll be a lasting image. Mike, thanks for all your time. Thanks for what you do. Thanks for what you just said about corruption and special interests. I mean, we need more people in positions that you're in naming that, and it's really important. So I appreciate it. And uh, come back and join us if we're still in quarantine. Well, well, uh, thank you for inviting me, and I, I very much appreciate it, and appreciate all the work that you do uh, to spread the news of this, and you know, to spread important news throughout the state every day. I know it's hard work, and I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Take care.
Dennis.